welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. We are continuing our series in 1 Peter, and we're going to go into chapter 5 today. And uh, I'm not going to give a review. There's too many weeks going on, but I want to let you know there's one more week uh, next week for the series. And then we have John Bevere coming. And then uh, right after that, we start the new series, Too Far From The Farm, all right? And we just started shooting video for that, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, so let's dig into 1 Peter chapter 5. Um, I grabbed uh, these verses for today, and I'll read them for you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 5, it says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so today we're gonna talk about humility and pride. And we wanna humble ourselves We want to uh, kill the pride in our lives, and we want to grow in that humility as it's spoken in this text. Now, several verses are, uh, the Bible is full of verses on humility and pride that God opposes the proud. I'm just going to read a couple more. In James chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, but he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I want that favor on my life. Proverbs 3, 34 says, the Lord mocks the mockers or the proud, but is gracious to the humble. So we're gonna look at humility and pride and uh, following Jesus with this humble attitude. And um, after concentrating on elders in verses one through four, which as I was reading uh, through 1 Peter, I've been reading it over and over again in this series. Verses one through four is like a sermon to pastors, to the elders and uh, Peter's speaking to the elders there, and then he talks to the whole church. But let me just say this. I I got the message loud and clear as I was reading verses one through four, and I'm not preaching it to you, but I preached it to myself, and I let the Lord speak to me that I'm I'm to shepherd this flock, and I counted joy, and all of our pastors and our elders counted a joy to shepherd the flock. We, we watch over you and we're, we're looking out for you and we're doing those things like a shepherd and a pastor would wanna do. Um, we don't do it because we must. We say something at River Valley in our staff meetings like, we get to do this. We get, people's like, do I have to? No, 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 wrong word. You get to, you get to. So we're not doing this because we must. We're not pursuing dishonest gain. I'll never forget, uh, like I didn't pursue dishonest gain. Like, I started negative 100,000, put it on the credit card. Like I was like hoping to get paid someday and did it in the negative. So we're not pursuing dishonest gain and we're eager to serve. There's an eagerness in our pastors to serve. We're not lording it over. We're not saying like when we walk in the room, everybody take, it's not that. It's not that. I've had people in the hallway like, you're the pastor? I'm like, I am the, should I wear a tie? You know, I don't know. Yeah. All right, we're not lording it over and we're gonna be examples. We're trying to. We're trying to say, follow us as we follow Christ. So Peter is having this and he's saying, be a, a, a servant leader, be this type of leader and, and elder to the church that they can follow, that will walk the talk, that will practice what you preach, that will live it out. 
And so he does that, and then he goes into verse five, and he says, you know, now you younger should submit to your elders, and then he goes, all of you. So he's saying all of you have to have humility towards one another, and the all of you, he's saying, clothe yourselves with humility. He's saying to the whole church, after he's spoken to the leaders, everybody, guys, we gotta have humility. And God wants us to be clothed with humility. And this is the only place in the New Testament where this type of word is used saying to clothe. And I've got the example, he's saying like, put on the apron, put on the apron. Like, we're gonna go to work here. We're gonna put on the apron. He said, put it on and you're gonna clothe yourself with humility. And then it breaks, right? All right, we'll get it, all right. But he says, clothe yourself with humility and put this on. And a lot of people are like, all right, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna put on the apron. And this says, I'm here to work. If you saw somebody wearing this, you'd say, this person's working. I I asked for a cooking um, apron. This looks like I'm cooking with blow torches. All right, you know, but (laughs) it works, it works, it works, it works. Peter's saying, clothe yourself with humility. Put an apron on. This should be the mark of a believer, somebody that wants to be close to Jesus This is how we should be towards one another with an apron on that says, I'm here to serve. If you, again, if you saw me in the kitchen, if you saw me in the church cafe like this, you'd say, he's here to work. You wouldn't say, that's a person that is here thinking they're honorable. I mean, the only way that you might think this is fashion is if Kanye invented it. But I mean, other than that, you know, (laughs) if this says, I'm here to work, I'm here to serve. And there's a uniform that says, I'm here to work, I'm here to serve. I'm, I'm, I'm humble, I'm taking care of you guys. I don't know about you, but if you ever walk into a place and you accidentally wear what the people that are employees are wearing, have you ever done that? You walk in, you're wearing the exact thing. Years ago, I remember I walked into Target and I was wearing khaki pants and a red shirt and everybody's like, can you tell me where the razors are? I'm like, how do I know? And I was like, red and khaki, I'm out. You know, like, oh. yeah. But this says, I'm here to serve. And people should be able to look at us as followers of Jesus and see the humility on us. They should see that humble attitude that is there saying, I'm here to serve. And humility is so rare. It's so rare that when somebody actually is humble and they're actually serving and you, you're just like, oh my goodness, like uh, leader of the year. They're like Mother Teresa. Oh, look at them, they're, they're so humble because it's so rare. It should be spoken about us all the time, like yes, there is a, an apron, there is a humility, there's a look, there's a behavior, there's an attitude, there's a heart that Christians have and it's, they're clothed with this humility. I couldn't find out who said this quote, but I found it and I thought it was very appropriate about Americans and apology to anyone that's watching from around the world, but you'll see this fits. It said, Americans value pride over humility dominance over servants, glory over modesty, and loyalty to one's own tribe rather than equal respect for all. That's sad. That's sad that it's said about Americans, but you could almost say that about church. Like, we're not wearing the apron of humility very well. A lot of us be like, I'm not, no, I'm not here to serve. And Peter doesn't say, you know, clothe yourself with faith or love or the power. He doesn't say that, and those would all be good things. He said, clothe yourself with humility. And I can't help but think he was thinking of Jesus when Jesus put on an apron. 
and put on the form of a servant and put that on and he goes to wash his disciples' feet. And if you don't know the story in John chapter 13, Jesus goes and puts on the servant's apron and kneels down and washes his disciples' feet. Now, I know that that's very foreign for us. A lot of us don't know that. Um, by show of hands here at all the campuses, how many have ever been a part of a foot washing service? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, not that many, but you know, about 30% in this room. I don't know about all the campuses. Um, I remember in, in high school, you know, we were having, you know, I went to a Christian school and there was just a lot of strife. And I remember one time the uh, head of the school said, we're all gonna do a foot wash. And I'm like, what are we doing here? And, and we all had to wash each other's feet. I'm gonna tell you something, it felt really awkward. Uh, down there kneeling and I'm washing their feet. It, it was awkward, it was humbling. It was very intimate, and, um, and, and it did help us stop fighting, so at least it worked. And maybe you've seen the movie Jesus Revolution, you know, the pastor Chuck Smith. He's like washing their feet, but see, he's, he's just trying to solve a problem so the hippies can come to church, you know, and not ruin the carpet. Jesus is literally like washing his disciples' feet. It was something that needed to be done, and he was washing off sheep and goat and camel exhaust. Okay, he was washing that off of their, some of you are just getting there, right? You know, he's washing that off of their feet. It was a very humbling thing. And he's like, I'm gonna put on the apron and I'm gonna be the servant. I'm gonna be humble and I wanna show you the type of leader that I am. I wanna show you the type of leader that you should be. And even we have the account that Peter's like, no, you can't do that. That is too humble. Like, get that apron off. And Jesus is like, if you don't let me do this, like, I, you can't be with me. He's like, all right, then wash all of me. He's like, no, just your feet. Yeah. Okay, this is the apron. And Peter's saying, clothe yourself with humility. And, 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 and again, I don't believe that we really do this very well. And, and Peter had to be thinking about Jesus. And, and, and just for a second here, like I'm gonna jump to verse seven because I'm, I'm not gonna have time to get there later. Um, in verse seven, it talks about cast all your cares on him, right? What is humility and cares? When, when you're casting your cares on him, you can stay humble, okay? When you cast your cares, when you start saying, what am I gonna do about this? I don't know what I'm gonna do. I've gotta solve this. I, I, I can't believe this is happening to me. And, and what am I gonna do? And you start stressing about all your anxiety, you know what, you, you lose the apron of humility. And Jesus is a great example of this. In, in the face of the cross, in the face of getting ready to die for our sins, he's like, I'm putting on the apron of humility. I've cast all of my cares on God and I'm gonna have a moment with the Father in the garden, but I'm, 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 I'm humble right now. How many know Jesus could have been like, guys, somebody wash my feet and somebody rub these muscles. I, the stress I am facing right now is beyond me. And he does it, he's like, I'm trusting the Father. I'm trusting the, so somebody trying to figure out how does verse seven tie in. When you cast your anxiety and your cares on him, it, it builds that humility in your life. And it's not up to you. It's not up to you. And we, we give that to God. So we're giving this to God. And so I, I love that Peter is telling us to have this. And I love that we have to have this humility on us. I'll take this off. But um, I don't think we understand it very well. So I want to explain it a little more about humility. The, the Latin word for humility means on the ground. On the ground. And this week during our all staff, we had a moment when we were worshiping God and we just said, let's humble ourselves. 
And I asked the entire team, the, the whole staff, I said, I want us to get on the ground. I want us to kneel before God. I want us to be humble before him. It's all about him. It's all for his glory and all for his honor. That's, that's humble, being on the ground. A definition of humility is lack of arrogance, a modest view of oneself. Another one would say a critical and continuous emphasis on godliness. Another definition, the opposite of pride, a sense of one's own unworthiness through imperfection and sinfulness. Another one is humble in a manner of spirit, free from self-asserting pride. And as I saw that definition, I want to add to it, I don't ever think that we're totally free from self-asserting pride. How many know what I'm talking about? Even as long as I've walked with God, and I've walked with God since I was seven years old, pride is just, how many, it's just always waiting to rear its ugly head. You know, it just, it, 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 it jumps. So I wanna say it's not, we're not free of this self-asserting pride. We're freeing ourselves. We're constantly saying no to that self-asserting pride because it just keeps popping up. And if you remember years ago, there was a game called Whack-A-Mole. How many remember that? You know, and those little, they pop up, they pop up. That's what it feels like in my life that self-asserting pride says all the time, like, I'll just be doing ministry or doing something. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I'm more important than this. Wait a minute, do you know who made this happen? Wait a minute, is there a better seat for me? Wait a minute, I, I, that was my idea. Wait a minute, how many know? And it's like, I'm just trying to get rid of that pride. And we've got to say, God, I want to put on that apron of humility. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. That's a great definition. We should do this. So I want to I wanna help us out, you know, and this is what we should do. Be clothed with this, this apron of humility. And I'm not trying to say that you should self-loathe, because some of you are like, yeah, that's right, I'm just, I'm so humble, I hate myself. No, that's not it either, all right? I mean, that's not healthy, all right? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you should understand who you are in Christ, want to give him the glory, you're still gonna move forward, you're not gonna sit around like, see, I'm so humble, that's why I never pray, I'm so humble, I never serve. No, that's not humility, all right? Okay, because and I feel like I have to spend time on this, and, and, and I'm I feel like I'm giving a lot of definition and a lot of explanation because we don't hear a lot about humility, and we're really bad at it. We're just really bad at humility. And I thought about this. If you know someone that just exhibits this humility, like they are a godly, humble person. They're active for the Lord. They're still doing these things, but they are a, a humble person I, I think it'd be wonderful for you to say, uh, send them a text or give them a call or talk to them this week and say, hey, our pastor was preaching on this, that we should clothe ourselves with this apron of humility, and I thought of you. I thought of you. You're a person that does that. Um, so let me give you just a couple more things about humility. Rick Warren said this, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Augustine said, humility is the first thing, the second thing, and the third thing. And 1,100 years later, Luther was asked, name the three greatest virtues. He replied, first humility, second humility, and third humility. 
but we don't hear a lot about it. And we celebrate the people that are brash and bold and crash through the doors. And then we say, well, they're gifted and they, you know, they've got a lot of things that they offer. No, 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 no. It's clear from this text that God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. He exalts the humble and he cares for the humble. God wants us to be humble. He opposes the proud. And so I, I'm saying, God, I desire to be used by you. I wanna be humble. I wanna be somebody that you are not opposed to. So let's look at pride. And so as we look at pride, if you think of somebody that's prideful, go ahead and text. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do but how many know it's easier to think of like examples for that than it is humility? So God opposes the proud. And Peter's saying like, I want you to clothe yourself with humility. Don't be prideful. Don't, don't be doing that. Have that apron of servanthood on there. How does pride show up in the Christian? So pride shows up in our life by we complain against God. That's pride. Like, God, I don't like what you've done. I don't like, you know, and I, I think I deserve better than this. And, and you pray and you, you vent out, like, I, I'm angry with you. And, and look at, I, I, I didn't get acknowledged. Pride also um, it rears its ugly head in the life of the believer when we pass judgment on God. Like, I don't think you're doing a good job. I'd do that different. I would, matter of fact, I've seen something happening lately with pastors and it scares me. I've noticed in some sermons lately that there's these pastors and they're saying like, well, if I was God, I would have done this. And, and I'm always like, nope, he knows better, he knows best. And I'm not, but when we do that, that's pride. Pride shows up with a lack of gratitude. Uh, that we don't say thank you. We aren't appreciative of everything that's happening around us. And I think we should be grateful for everything that, that God has given to us. And, and I know I've shared it before, but you gotta know that even to this day, years into pastoring this church, Beck and I will go on our walks in the morning. We'll be like, can you believe we get to do this? I cannot believe it. I'm so great. Can you believe that God is allowing us? Can you believe what God is doing? This is, we, we walk around kind of like, how in the world did he, like, you know, and, and everybody's like, did you ever think that God would do all this? And I'm like, no. And they're like, what do you pray? I, I just pray God help us not to mess it up. Help us to stay humble and give you all the glory and all the honor. And we're gonna be grateful. And we're saying, thank you. Matter of fact, I love that song that uh, Pastor Ryan wrote, and many of our campuses have started to sing it. Um, Lord, do what only you can do. We're standing under an open heaven. Lord God, do what only you can do. That's how I feel like, God, do what only you can do. Like, this is for you. It's for your glory and for your honor. You're using us, but really, you're the one that deserves all the praise. Pride shows up when we have an inflated view of our importance, our gifts, and our abilities. Pride shows up when we're devastated or angered by criticism. Like anybody says anything, we're just like, uh, we just get all upset. Pride shows up by not being teachable in the life. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna receive that. I'm not, you don't wanna listen. You're like prideful. Pride shows up by being sarcastic, hurtful, or degrading. These are things that, God's like, I oppose that. I don't like that. I, I don't like those traits in my children, and I want that out of my children. I want you to be clothed with humility. 
I want you to be uh, living in that way that has a low view and says it's about me. C.S. Lewis said this, according to the Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Wow. Hold that thought on the devil becoming the devil with pride. Hold that thought. C.S. Lewis also said, pride leads to every other vice. It's the complete anti-God state of mind. It's pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. We're just too comfortable with pride. And we've got to call it out in our own lives. We've got to humble ourselves before the Lord and, and follow the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. And saying, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, nope, wrong attitude. Nope, stop that. Nope, you can't wear that. And I'm like, really? He can wear it? No, nope, you can't. Okay. I want to be listening and saying, God, I don't want to be prideful in this. But we're too comfortable with pride. And again, we cheered on as Americans, like, yeah. I'll never forget, um, our family had a chance to have dinner with John Ashcroft. He was the 79th Attorney General of the United States and a great man of God. Matter of fact, to my knowledge, it would be the highest office in the United States that any spirit-filled believer, Pentecostal, held the office. Like, I don't believe we ever had a spirit-filled president or vice president, but we've had a spirit-filled attorney general. And um, we were having dinner with him, and he, I, I said, I must have slipped and said, like, we're so proud of our son. You know, who wouldn't say that? Like, you know what I mean? You're just talking about your kids. And I said, we're so proud of our kids who are right here next to me. And, you know, and he goes, oh, I never use the word pride or proud. And I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> why not? And he goes, yeah, I, I just don't want pride in my life. I don't want to be proud. I'm like, well, what, what do you say to your, about your kids? Like, how do you brag on them? And he goes, we say things like, what you did brought us great joy. What you did was a great example, and that made us really joyful. I was like, all right, you know, I got a long way to go. And he, even this weekend, it was Logan's birthday, and I posted, like, so proud of you. And then I thought of John Ashcroft. All right, yeah, like, uh, but apart from that, Balance, balance, right? We're too comfortable with pride. And God's like, I can't stand pride. I can't stand pride. And I asked you to hold that thought, um, the devil becoming the devil because of pride. Pride is the sin that was stinking up heaven. Think about this. The devil, uh, the Satan was a created being and the Bible tells us in Isaiah 14, 13, when speaking of him, it said, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly. He's saying, I will, I will, I will. And he had this pride and God cast him out of heaven. There's a, a, a sin, if you will, or a stench that was filling heaven in pride and God's like, out. Out, I want none of that here. You're out. There's only one, it's, it's God. It's not, you're out. And it's a smell that, that the devil's thinking, I, I want the center, I want this. And God's like, I smell that and I kicked it out. 
And so no wonder when God looks at his children and he smells pride, he's like, no, no, no. That's the smell that was tainting heaven. That's the smell that I kicked out, the smell of pride. The smell I like is humility. When I smell pride on people, I oppose them. I don't promote that. I stand against that. That's the smell that, that makes me sick. And I think about that, that I've got to keep smashing this out of my life. And anytime I think like I'm too big or start complaining about things that don't come my way or honors or rewards or seats that I don't get. And again, it, 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 you'd think it'd be gone. Anytime it starts rearing up, I don't want to be the person that God's like, I don't like that smell. I don't like that smell on my pastor. I don't like that smell on my children. I don't like that smell. I oppose that. I think God's saying like, almost like, all right, I got a fire apron. I'm gonna put that on that smell of that pride. I'm gonna cover you up. I want you to clothe yourself with humility. I love that smell. I love that follower that looks that way, that lives that way, that kills the pride in your life. I don't want God to resist me. I don't want God to push me away. I want him to assist me. I want him to give me grace. I want him to exalt me as he chooses. If he wants to put me on the platform, that's his choice. If he wants to, that's his choice. But I'm gonna deflect the glory and the praise and the honor to him. And I know you don't either. I know you don't wanna live in pride, but I, I love that Peter is telling us, clothe yourself with humility. Put on the apron, put on the apron. And he's saying, get rid of the pride, get rid of the pride. And I'm gonna do something a little different at the end of the service, and um, we're ending just a, a touch early, but I wanna ask that we would take a knee in the church, okay? Um, we don't do it very often. Matter of fact, some of our rows and some of our campuses might be too tight. You might have to make your way forward. But if you could go ahead and at all the campuses get ready with the worship team, um, I think we should take a knee and get on our knees and say, God, remind us again that we put on the apron of humility. God, help us to get rid of the pride in our life. Help us to stop thinking so much about ourselves. Help us to throw our, our cares on you so that we can walk in true humility. Let's take an a, a, a application of this and clothe ourselves in this humility. I, I was thinking about this. There's the only person like on earth like that I, I ever took a knee was like with Becca to get married, but the only person that I get on knees and worship is God. It's just God. There's no sports team I've ever like cheered for that all of a sudden I fall to my knees and worship. No, nope. only God. I've clapped for people. I've cheered for people. I've raised my hand in victory, but I've never got on my knees for anyone other than God because it's a humility, it's saying you're exalted. And so I think that'd be just a step for us. And if you're comfortable here at all of our campuses, when I close this prayer, I'm gonna ask that the worship team would get ready to just play something and let that set in on us, uh, a spirit of humility and saying, God, we're gonna take a knee and we're gonna humble ourselves before you. God, smash down the pride in our life and help us to be humble. Help us to put on that apron of humility before you. So Lord, as we get ready to end this service, I pray right now that you would help us 
to be clothed with humility. I pray that you'd help us to defeat the pride in our life, and I pray that we'd really sincerely even look at how we use the word pride, proud. I just pray that we'd look at the, the things we own, the, things we, the way we act. But even more than that, even when we're doing something that's good, sometimes even when we're doing something good, we're leading, we're serving, we're saying, I hope they notice that I'm serving. I hope they give me credit for that good idea. God, I pray that we'd lay that at your feet and we get rid of that pride and we put on the apron of humility that just says, we're doing the right thing. We're doing it for your glory and for your honor. I pray that it would be spoken about our church that they're humble. They're strong, but they're humble. They're humble and they're making a difference, but they're humble. There's a humility there that honors you and points everybody back to you. So God, as we close this service, we say we put on the apron of humility and we, we kill that pride in Jesus' name. We put on an apron of humility and bow before you. We bow before you in humility. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.